Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. We'll get in the Colts conversation coming up in a few with Zach Kiefer from The Athletic. Um, Jake, obviously, you know, a lot of attention around Tyrese Halliburton and his left elbow, left knee injury from last night. Um, outside of that, though, this is kind of a fun back-to-back for the Pacers this weekend. Hawks at home tomorrow night, Grizzlies Saturday night. Uh, the Grizzlies have won eight in a row, and again, if I were making a list of who I would pay to watch in professional sports, I think John Morant would be near, near the top. Totally. And to be fair, even though the team's not playing very well, Trey Young would be one as well. He's pretty fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, he was out due to illness last night, so we'll see about tomorrow night. And, of course, Memphis has got all the other Indiana ties on their roster. Um, okay, rundown on the Colts head coaching search, where we're at right now. Bubba Ventrone interviewed yesterday. That is the first official interview for the Colts. It is being reported that Giro Avero, that is the defensive coordinator of the Broncos, will be interviewing today. Tomorrow on the slate, Raheem Morris, Rams defensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, Lions offensive coordinator, and then Saturday, Shane Steichen, Eagles offensive coordinator. May I ask a really dumb question? Sure. I think maybe, excuse me? Sure, always. Thank you. I, I think this might have already taken place, and I'm I'm. I apologize for the absurdity of even asking this, but did Jeff Saturday already have an, like an official interview, or is that just one of those that's kind of like? Yeah, he had eight games. Did you not see him? Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. Right, that's my point. But. Uh, yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying there. Um, I'm under the impression the Colts are announcing. When these interviews are are complete, right, and so far they've only announced Bubba Ventrone as complete. So I don't know if there was some sort of process for Saturday within the building of hey, ex- I don't know exit interviews or what. Do they feel like they need to get these guys interviewed right now? Like in Steichen's case, he's got a game next week, so you got to interview him right now, or. You can't interview him once the Eagles start playing playoff games. I don't know if there's more of an urgency from the Colts to say, well, no one is calling about Jeff Saturday. We can probably wait to interview him. Like, let's interview these guys that are being sought after in other places. I mean, I Steichen, what... Avero, Morris, Johnson, all these guys are interviewing in several places, Carolina, Houston, Arizona. So I think that has more to do with we haven't seen Saturday I wonder yet. what, like, a, and I'm sure it depends on who's doing it, what a head coaching interview sounds like. You know, yeah, I'd be like, always curious about it. Okay, that. it's fourth and three. Would you go for it or would you or is it more like so if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? You know, I mean like what what sort of questions do they ask there? Well, if Jake was sitting in on interviews, we certainly know that the tree question would be high top. Do you know Indiana State Bird? <laughs> it's the Cardinal. That's a fairly household uh, knowledge. Would you like to it? come to my PVR party? That now that is a very important But Peony, that would get some people. That that would, again, that's a, that's not a, um, that's a seasonal flower. See, uh, you want to bring Zach Kiefer in? I'm having some headset issues. I'm going to try and 
regroup with them. What are you doing over there? Your headset's falling apart. Your mic stand breaks. You know, it's on a one of the. I, I think we all have been here with cords in our life. You know how you got to get cords. the cord in the right perfect spot to like charge. Do people yeah. wear corduroy anymore? I used to have some corduroy pants I took from my dad. They were yeah, great. Yeah, that was always tricky during Duck, Duck, Goose in kindergarten. Everybody knew who it was if you had on the corduroy pants. Joining us now, I'm sure thrilled to be doing <laughs> so. Don't you remember when you used to play Duck, Duck, Goose or 7-Up? Did you play 7-Up? Thumbs and up, 7-Up? Yeah, there was the one person that had to be the secret to go around and tap, and yeah. you knew if it was somebody that was wearing corduroy pants because when they walked Can we back. just get to Zach Kiefer? Okay. Headsets Zach, back on. Zach Kiefer now joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Of course, you can read Zach's work at the Athletic covering the Colts. And, Zach, the year is over, but it seems like things are just starting to, to warm up in terms of the coverage here because now everything gets busy. We were just running down the names of candidates. I guess two-part question for you. The first would be, was there anybody whose name came out that the Colts will interview that surprised you? And is there anybody that you're still waiting for their name to come up because they've been rumored but we haven't heard anything official? Well, that was a hard pivot, Jake, from from Rick and from Duck Duck Goose. But sure, well, that's what I do. That's what I do. I I, I got a lot sure of swivel in these the hips. Um, yeah, a couple of things on that front. Um, I'm not surprised by anybody that they're interviewing that's on their list right now. The name that's not on there is the surprise, Jim Harbaugh. So far, I don't get that, and I've tried to get some information. It's hard to get. I asked Chris Ballard point blank on Tuesday, and he wouldn't discuss the candidates, but. I will say this on the coaching search. It's going to take some time, as Ballard mentioned, but the vibe I've sort of gotten from people in the building are, okay, if Ballard's going to be back, which he is, let's let him run the coaching search. Let's let him pick the coach. Let's let him draft a quarterback, and let's just see where this goes. But obviously you guys know as well as anybody that's not that simple, and that's not how it's going to go. And, and I think – one thing I, I, I took away very clearly from Tuesday and from conversations I've had over the last couple of months, if indeed that Jeff Saturday gets this full-time head coaching job, it will not be because Chris Ballard recommended him for the job. That, that's pretty obvious to me. That'll be because Jim Irsay wanted him to stay. And I feel like that just, that just sows more division within the franchise. If it's not the GM picking the coach, doesn't that just kind of leave Chris Ballard in no man's land further further in no man's land where he's been the last couple months zach let's let's focus there for a second um again zach keepers with us from the athletic you know if you you talk with us every thursday and we greatly appreciate that of course a couple thursdays ago i would have put it probably at a coin flip that jeff saturday gets his job permanently i don't think i'm there anymore i think i've softened a little bit on that having said that jim mercy has been wooed before in, in interviews chuck pagano being one of them, that I think would be the way that Jeff Saturday could re-enter this this you know legit legit candidate search. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like Jeff's good in front of a TV camera. He's good in front of us. Right. He's good in front of players, and and that's a real thing. But this is really telling. And I asked a lot of players this, and I asked Chris Ballard this: What did Jeff do to make the team better? Like, what did he do well as a coach? And in some cases with Matt Ryan, there was a long pause. And he, and he said something to the effect of, he's a good leader. He's a good motivator. He showed up to work every day. I asked a lot of players, and I got similar responses. Now, I will say that Chuck Leonard said he wants Saturday to be the coach. But for the most part, and this was Ballard as well, you know, I think he said Jeff got better. Well, the team didn't get better. Anyone out there watching this, this show the last eight weeks saw that. But 
You're right, and, and I think Jeff Saturday could be a pretty impressive interview if you just take him at what he's saying. But the reality is this team got horrendously worse over the last eight games, and my sense is the same as yours. What, what was maybe a stronger candidate in early December isn't quite as strong right now, even in Ursay's eyes. Now, I'm not speaking for Ursay because nobody knows what he's thinking at this very moment besides him, but the shine has dimmed a little bit on Jeff Saturday. There's just no escaping the fact that this team got worse in so many ways. They weren't competitive down the stretch, and they were historically—I mean—they were historically collapsing week after week. I mean, they—they they can't just lean on these excuses that everything was Frank's fault and everything that Frank set up was was a, was a mess. Like, I'm just not buying that. This was an organizational failure, and there's nothing Jeff Saturday did as a coach to make the team better. Was it an uphill climb? Absolutely, it was bad when he got here, but. I just I just can't buy any tangible reasons why he would be a better candidate than almost anyone else on their list. Zach, I want to circle back to something you, you touched on there about the process of hiring a coach. How common do you believe it is? I mean, I know that, that Jim Ursay hired Tony Dungy, and that was with Bill Polian here, who was, you know, Bill Polian for the most part seemingly had autonomy, but – Chris Ballard made no bones about the fact that he will conduct interviews and then make a recommendation, but Jim Irsay will make the hire and will make the selection. Do you believe that's common in the National Football League, or do you believe that most franchises, whoever is hired to be the president and or general manager, would be the one trusted to make that decision? No, it's not usually like that, Jake, and it hasn't usually been like that here. Jim Irsay's always said that he hires his GM to manage the team, and he hires his coach to coach the team. And only in very rare situations, hiring Tony Dungy, cutting Peyton Manning, drafting Andrew Luck, did he step in. Now, obviously, no, we, that's changed over the last 12 months. But the reality is the first time Chris Ballard led a coaching search, that was all Chris Ballard. It was Josh McDaniel. That was his pick. It was not Jim Irsay's pick. Now, I don't know if Jim had another pick. But Chris was zeroed in on McDaniels, and Ursay didn't get involved until the second interview when they went out to Boston and, and sat down with McDaniels' family. So the second time around, when they landed on Frank Reich, Jim Ursay stepped in and had a little bit more of a say. This is different than they've done it in the past. Ryan Grigson hired Chuck Pagano. Ryan Grigson wanted Chuck Pagano to be his head coach. So a lot of owners will step back and let the GM pick their coach. A lot of owners don't make football decisions at all. So that's it's 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 a it's a delicate way of doing things, and I think in some instances, like Tony Dungy's hire here, it's absolutely the right move. But over the last couple of years, and I asked Chris Ballard this question point blank on Tuesday, I said, "Has Jim Mercer made decisions that have hurt this franchise?" And I totally understand that that's not something that Chris can answer in front of a camera. And he said, "No." He said he's passionate. He wants the team to be great. All of these things can be true. But I think anybody looking at this objectively has to say that some of the moves this team has made at the request of the owner have hurt this franchise. But then again, it also helped them get the fourth overall pick. I thought it was interesting, Zach, and I, I, I've said this to others, as you know, that, that sometimes maybe I'm, I'm guilty of overthinking things. But I want you to tell me if I'm guilty of overthinking this. Chris Ballard was asked in the press conference, and it might have been by you, somebody asked the question of like, are you content with the level of voice you have or something along those lines? And he paused and said, I know where you're going with that. 
Yeah. And when he said, I know where you're going with that, I may be overthinking it. I took that as a Freudian. Yeah, I agree with you. In other words, you don't even need to say what you are insinuating. I know what you're insinuating because I know it's true. That's how I took that. Your thoughts? I think you're, I think you're hitting it. Like, let's, let's think about this. Like, for everybody out there that's listening to your show right now that, that watched the press conference in early November when they hired Jeff Saturday, what did, Chris, what did Chris Ballard's body language and face tell you? He was not on board with that decision. And everything I wrote last Friday in my long story in The Athletic about sort of the chaos behind the scenes of this season was proven right by what Chris Ballard said on Tuesday. He said, look, you know, he didn't say he, didn't, he wasn't on board with the Jeff Saturday decision, but he essentially did by saying, I voiced my concern. Chris Ballard has screwed up plenty of things in this city with this team. But he did not hire a TV analyst to come to come coach his team with eight games to go. Like, that just did not happen. We know who made that decision, and I think the question was a fair one. And then I asked him again later in that press conference, and this was another telling moment. I said, has your desire to be here wavered at all over the last couple of months? And I'm not saying Ballard is – look, he's, his hands are dirty in this. We, we don't need to get into that, the roster moves, the decisions, all that. But the fact that he's being usurped by his boss and Jim Mercer is overstepping and essentially making moves that are hurting the team that Ballard built even further, I think it's a completely fair question. And what he did was he paused for three or four seconds, which is an eternity in one of these press conferences, and he looked right at me, and he was almost getting emotional. He said, no, I love being here. I don't want to be anywhere else. That's probably true. But I think he's had some tough moments this year, and I think he's had some moments that have made him think because – this is not what he signed up for. Any general manager, when you sign up to run a team, you sign up with the understanding that you're going to be running the team. And Ballard, remember, turned down a couple chances to interview, probably at places he would have got the GM job in, in 15 and 16, because he didn't believe in the vision of the owner, and he didn't believe that he would get the time needed to build the right way. Now, he certainly had the time here. I understand that. But I just thought it was another telling moment. And, and like you said, Jake, Sometimes you have to see see things for what the answer is as opposed to listening to what they're saying. Zach Kiefer from The Athletic. He's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Zach, I thought there were two very different press conferences, Monday from Jeff Saturday, Tuesday from Chris Ballard. In their own different ways, I think they're extremely smooth operators, borderline politician at times, behind the mic. Uh, what did you make of what Saturday had to say on Monday and then Ballard on Tuesday? Yeah, I think you nailed it. Uh, and I was talking with JMV about this a couple of days ago. Like, on Monday, for the most part, I just heard excuses. Like, that's what I heard from it, Jeff Saturday. Yeah, I was going to say, and that heard... was Saturday, just to clarify. Yeah, sorry, uh, Saturday on Monday. It, it's still confusing that we have to do that. But um, we talked to the coach on Monday. I'll clear it up that way. And, and I heard excuses. I heard it was bad when I got here, and it wasn't going to get any better. And if you give me a chance, if you give me a chance with my own staff, It'll be better, even though there is no evidence to support that. And that tone has changed a lot with Jeff Saturday over the last couple of weeks. If you guys have noticed, we've heard this line more and more. Well, you're not firing a coach midseason unless it's bad. Like, we didn't hear that in November. We heard, you can judge me on my wins and losses. Well, and now he doesn't want to be judged on his wins and losses because that doesn't feel relevant to him. And, and that's just what I took away from Monday. It, it wasn't a good look for Jeff Saturday. And I don't know what he says in his interview that's going to be really convincing. I just really don't. 
um, other than the fact that, and we all know this, Drew Mercer really likes this guy. And I don't know how much the last eight weeks have changed that. But conversely, a day later, Chris Ballard, you can say politician, sure, I'm on board with that a little bit, but there was nothing else for him to do besides sit up there and own this disaster. And it wasn't all on him that there was bad coaching throughout the year. Ursley stepped in, but a large chunk of it was on the roster that he built and the misses he had and the mistakes he made. And he sat up there and he owned it. And I truly believe that he feels awful about how bad it's been. Um, I think that's genuine, and I think he's determined to fix it. And I think there's a lot of people in the building that want him to have the chance to fix it, um, starting with finding that quarterback. But two very different press conferences in terms of accountability. Zach Kiefer's our guest. He's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. He writes for The Athletic. Zach, we know, and I don't know whether or not he will end up getting hired there or somewhere else, but we know that Frank Reich has now interviewed in Carolina for the Panthers job. If Frank Reich immediately lands on his feet as a head coach in the National Football League, is that an indictment on what the rest of the league thinks of Chris Ballard or the Colts in general? I think it's an indictment on what the league knows about what happened this season and what's happened over the last couple of years. The league knows. People in this league, the agents, the coaches, the owners, the executives, they know what happened in November here. They know whose call it was to fire Frank Reich and to hire Jeff Saturday. And they also know that, you know, while Frank Reich screwed some things up, you know, starting with the trade for Carson Wentz and the Matt Ryan trade didn't work out either, the dude had four different quarterbacks his first four years and had a top 10 offense three times. Now, I'm not Frank Reich's agent. I'm not here to argue for his credentials, but he did a pretty good job amid a whirlwind of a run. And I think if you give the guy stability, then you're going to find out what kind of coach he is. But I think there's a lot of attractive qualities about what Frank Reich can do with an offense if you give him the same quarterback a couple years in a row and a little bit of stability. Because really, at the end of the day, in early, late October, his feet were taken out from under him. He was told to play this quarterback, who he didn't think he was, he was ready. And he would have gone to Nick Foles before Sam Ellinger, but he didn't have that choice. And I don't care if it's the right decision or the wrong decision about who to play. The fact that you're not letting the coach play the quarterback he thinks he should be playing, that's just bad ball. That's just bad football. So trust me, the the rest of the league is not naive to that. And it wouldn't stun me if Frank gets a job in Carolina. It feels to me, Zach, like if the Colts want to get somebody who is an established head coach, that – probably, and I'm going to put Jeff Saturday in that mix, even though it was interim level, but Harbaugh and Saturday would be their only two options, and I don't even know if Harbaugh is going to be in play, but Harbaugh has a relationship with the franchise. But I don't know which it is, the uncertainty at the quarterback position or the uncertainty of the amount of involvement of the owner that would cause a veteran coach to have pause about Indianapolis, but it feels to me like that's the case. Do you think the Colts' job has question marks that are big enough to scare away an established coach? 100%. It's the latter, Jake. It's the latter. It's the second thing you mentioned. It's it's the meddling. It's the it's the worrisome about being able to do their job. And Nick, Under, Nick Underhill covers the Saints down in New Orleans, and he reported last night that five teams with an opening, all five, I reached out to Sean Payton about setting up an interview. To date, Sean Payton only has three interviews set up. Let's think about why. 
Sean Payton has been very, very honest and clear about this the last couple of weeks. What he feels is most important is the ownership GM coach collaboration. And he's not going to go somewhere where he doesn't get to make the decisions on his roster. And for better or for worse, that's how he sees it. And I think, I don't think the first part scares a lot of coaches away, Jake, not as much as you think that they're not having a franchise quarterback. Like, if you're going to a team that needs a coach, chances are they don't have a great quarterback. Chances are there's some instability at that most important position. And the fact that they have a fourth overall pick helps. And the other thing is, is guys like Jim Harbaugh, and, and, I'm, and I'm just speculating here, but these guys don't shy away from challenges. Like, if you're going to Denver, you have a quarterback issue because you have Russell Wilson for God knows how long at God knows how much money, right? That's a quarterback problem it. because yeah. he's terrible. And then secondly, if you go to Indianapolis, you don't have a quarterback, but you also have the means to, to correct that this offseason. So I don't think the roster stuff scares these guys away because they don't think like that. They don't think about failure. They think about how they're going to make it work. But in order to do that, they need to have the chance to do it their way. And I think that's what scares guys away. And I think that's a very real thing. And I think that's going to be brought up. If I'm a coach interviewing for this Colts job, I'm asking Chris Ballard and Jim Murphy directly, Who's making the decisions? And can I play the quarterback I want to play? One thing on Sean Payton, and I have no idea what the Saints are asking for him, but I just don't think the Colts are in a position to trade a first-round pick for a coach. Like right. I, I think at four overall, and I get it, you, you you obviously need a coach and certainly need a quarterback too, but I don't know. It seems like maybe if you're in Arizona or if you're at Denver or if you're these other teams that have some sort of a quarterback, potentially, that you could go with, I think they're in a better situation. Right now, I just don't think the Colts can afford to give up that number four pick. Again, Zach Kiefer from The Athletic. Busy, busy offseason underway for the Colts. Interview yesterday with Bubba Ventrone. Sounds like some more coming up today, tomorrow, and Saturday. Zach, thanks for all the the, uh, weekly segments with us every Thursday, man. Thanks, guys. That was fun.